Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs. I just want to mention this real quick, Brandon. You know, it's an NFL show. It's week four of the season. But we do have some breaking NBA news uh, that just came to us via Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers are trading Drew Holiday to the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are sending Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, a 2024 Golden State Warriors first-round pick, uh, the 2029 unprotected Boston pick. That's all going to the Blazers in exchange for Drew Holiday. We saw earlier this week Dame Lillard was traded to the Bucks. So now Drew Holiday, after being traded to the Blazers, is rerouted to the Celtics. And that establishes wow. just a, a, a nice one-two punch in the Eastern Conference uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, you know, vying for uh, a, a chance to come out of the East. And, you know, why it matters here locally, the Knicks were among the suitors for, for both uh, Dame Lillard at one point and, and, you know, more realistically, Drew Holiday. Uh, but that obviously has been closed. Giannis, there were some rumors about him coming to the Knicks if he was unhappy and didn't sign that extension. Yeah. That chapter's closed. <laughs> and now the Knicks will open the season at home on October 25th. So a little less than a month. And at the end of this month, they'll open the season at home against a brand new Celtics team with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday. And uh, presumably, Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, that's that's the Celtics. So they got a they got a squad. But what are the or, or so the, the Trailblazers are just in the rebuilding mode and just say, you know, okay, we, Dame don't want to be here anymore. What what are we gonna do? We're gonna trade everything away and get yeah, some picks because they got their so young they rebuild them. Yeah, they got their young guys. They just uh, drafted Scoot. They got Shaden Sharp. Dame didn't want to be there anymore. He understands this. That clock is ticking on his career, so it's time to win championships. Yeah. So they yeah, they, but, they got they got a haul for him. That ended up being a big deal. But through Dame, like what whatever happened when all these other guys were moving around and Dame was talking about you, y'all y'all weak for that, you know when you like whatever happened to that guy. It's where, funny where, where how it go? Cha- it's funny how it changes, right, Brandon? You, you right, say it one is. thing. It is, and I want to ask this question about Giannis because my son Quinn told me this, and I didn't believe it. <laughs> he said Giannis said he did not want to play with the Bucks if his brother wasn't going to be a starter. Nah, I'm like, when he couldn't have said that. <laughs> no, Giannis, his issue was if if they're not committed to winning championships, mm-hmm. uh, that he is not going to resign there and stay with a team that's you know not all about you know the championship or bust mentality. He understands that as one of the greatest players in NBA history, it's about winning yes. championships, and he, that yes. has to be at the forefront of every conversation. But I just right. wanted well, to announce that. Well, they've won recently, you know. It's not like they're the Dallas Cowboys. They've won. <laughs> you always got to throw your, recently. You always got to right. throw the shots in at the Cowboys. Right. But I'm way. saying they they have won the finals. They have won the finals. What two years ago the Bucks won, didn't they? Yeah. Right. And then now they just got Dame to come there with Giannis. Nine times out of ten they're gonna go to the finals again. You know, like it's gonna be kind of hard to beat that team. Yeah, it's gonna be and tough. Chris Middleton. Yeah, Chris. So they've got Middleton. Uh, they just re-signed Brooke Lopez. Now you add Dame into the equation. It's a it's a perfect fit. I, the one question is Middleton. The last couple seasons has had multiple surgeries. Had wrist mm-hmm. surgeries. Had a knee surgery. 
Giannis got hurt in the playoffs last year. They have a rookie head coach with Adrian Griffin. So it, it's, you know, there are still some pieces and some moving parts there, but they're the favorites. They're, they're the favorites right now. The Celtics got a lot better. So it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be a fun NBA yeah. season. And as I mentioned, the, the Celtics are at MSG October 25th to open the year uh, against the New York Knicks. So I wanted to throw that out there just quick. Uh, you know, once again, breaking news Drew Holiday going to the Boston Celtics. That's big. And that's going to shake huge. things up in the Eastern Conference. 800 919 3776. I mentioned want to get to the Giants, but just quickly, you brought up the Cowboys. How fun mm-hmm. was that for you watching Arizona take it to them last week? Oh, it was the absolute best thing I've, because I was doing a show at the time when the game was on and Arizona jumped out on them. And I'm like, they did the same thing to the Giants. Arizona might be the best first-half team in the NFL. Are they going to hold them off? And Man, and they held them off. And I loved every bit of it because we just went in Arizona the week before and beat them and lost to Dallas to, to bad. So that made me smile. But I raised some questions about Arizona, though. Are they really – so can, so can they really turn the clock at, at a certain point of the season to be one of the better football teams in the <sighs> NFC? Man, it's hard. Like, they, they are a really good first-half team. Like, we saw mm-hmm. it week one against the Commanders. We saw it uh, against the Giants, obviously, where they were up what twenty one or uh, twenty nothing mm-hmm. at halftime. They were up twenty eight to seven, and then last week they just their running game. The Cowboys couldn't stop them at all, and then Dak throws that big pick in the end zone that we know has you know, plagued them in the past. And McCarthy's red zone offenses, you know, we saw that uh, you know be, be a problem in Green Bay. I, I don't know if the the Cardinals are good or or it's just that they're they're playing really well right now and once those losses start to rack up they'll be pretty much they give up. out yeah yeah, they, yeah but that was fun for you. I thought about you watching that game last week oh glad because you know I was sitting there watching it on my phone trying to do a show at the same while watching the hot you know the you know the uh, you know who got the ball how many yards game just just trying to keep up with it. Like that, because I couldn't watch it. But, man, it was awesome hearing about it, and (laughs) it was great. I loved every minute of it. All right, so how about this? I I had a feeling you were going to disagree with me because, you Uh know, I I brought this up. Athletes, one of the reasons why they hate the media is because they feel like we just over-dramatize everything. We're so reactionary, Monday morning quarterback, hot take, this and that and the third. My feeling is that if the Giants lose this game tomorrow— as far as their playoff chances, they're done. Like, that's it. I probably can agree. Wow, I thought some, you were going to disagree with listen. me. No, I'm not going to because I, 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 I love the Giants. I love everything about the Giants. But let's not – I'm not can't be. I'm not going to be biased because I, this is my favorite team. I'm not going to do that. I'm not like Dallas people. But anyway, um, they're, they got another NFC opponent. The Seahawks, this can affect their wild card chances mm-hmm. of losing this game. So I get it. I understand. You know, this is how you get into the playoffs. If you get 33rd in your division, but only two teams in a division on your schedule you lost to are those two teams in your division, but you beat all the other NFC teams, you're going to get that wild card. Nine times out of ten, you're going to get that wild card. It's, it, that's just it. You're going to get that. But – you got you got to win the games. You know you got Geno Smith coming in, who's been playing really good. Football, you know you know football. Tyler Lockett has been making good plays, uh, or, or big plays. You you got a good stingy defense. Uh, you know and 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 who's coming in? You know what Geno Smith is coming in. What offense? You never know. That team is inconsistent, but they can be very consistent and it could be very dangerous. So who do we have lining up against the Giants? 
tomorrow. What Seattle team? Exactly. And and coming into the season, the biggest question for the Seahawks was, you know, uh, was that a fluke? Was last season a fluke? Or is Geno Smith, who was drafted by the Jets in 2013 and then went to the Giants, and remember he had the game where he replaced Eli Manning, you know, under Ben McAdoo, uh, then he goes to the Chargers. Like, did he finally find a spot where he could become a successful quarterback? Or was that a fluke? And we're starting to see... Maybe it wasn't. They lost their opener to the Rams, and now they've won two straight games. And they come into MetLife Stadium as the favorites. The Giants are home dogs in their own stadium against a team that, as you mentioned, they're going to be battling for a wild card with. So it's a critical game. It's hard to see that you start the season, you get blown out by Dallas, you need a ferocious comeback to beat the Cardinals in the second half. Uh, you, you get blown out by the Niners, you lose to the Seahawks, and now you're asking this team to go to Miami, who just scored 70 points last week, to Buffalo. They've got a great defense. Von Miller might be back for that game. And their offense, Buffalo Bills offense, 37 and a half points per game the last yeah. two weeks. They're humming. So that's a tough task. It's a tall order for this Giants team that right now has the second worst scoring offense in all of football. You know who's last? Oh, you know who's the only team worse than the Giants scoring off? The Jets. The, the Jets. Jets. <laughs> What's going on on the Hudson? What's going on in New York? What's but going yeah, on, man, man. It's a huge game. And, you know, Andrew Thomas is out. Looks like Saquon, Saquon Barkley is, out. is doubtful. He's listed as doubtful. Mm. Uh, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I, I, I get it. And you got, you know, you got a wounded offensive lineman. Um, you got guys still up front playing hurt. Um, Still not too sure in what Evan Neal could you know could do. Uh, top five pick for the Giants uh, a few years ago. You know still hadn't you know still hadn't really proved proved himself. Uh, but you know we, you know we're gonna see. I, I I don't know. Like I said, I don't know who's coming out to play for the Giants. I don't know who's coming out to play for the uh, Seahawks. But I do know it's a game that the Giants must the, you know the New York Giants must win this football game because. They, they they need these type of NFC wins, in-conference wins, you know, for wild card. Yeah, and it's amazing what winning does. It's the ultimate deodorizer, right? Like, if they find a way to win this game tomorrow, then you're like, you know what? We're 2-2. Two and two. We don't love that we got smoked by Dallas. We don't love that we got, you know, hosed by the Niners, but we're 2-2 two and two through the first four weeks of the season. We have Miami and Buffalo. Maybe we split. Then we got Washington and the Jets coming up. Maybe we take those two games. You start to look at your trajectory differently and more in a positive light as opposed to if you fall to 1-3, and three, your offense still can't, can't score. Your line is still battered with, uh, with injuries and ineffective play. Your defense so far has been brutal. It, it, it's just, you know, there's a lot weighing in on this game tomorrow, and we'll look for Daniel Jones to, to rise to the top. I don't think he's been the biggest reason why they've struggled, but no. you certainly would like to see him play a little bit more consistently. Absolutely. You would definitely like to see him play more consistent. You know, uh, he have not quite, you know, put the ball even even though they're just not as productive on offense, but to be the only bad game turnover-wise they had was the first week. Mm-hmm. You know they, they haven't really turned the ball over much after that. Um, it's just not not being productive is just more of the issue. I think that's worse than not turning it over and still losing. Thoughts on the coaching so far to start the season through the first three weeks? Well, you know, I just think more personnel. I think I think the coaching is fine. You know, they, they're putting the Giants in a situation where they can win. I just think is is more personnel. I, th- I think that. 
Because typically, it's a direct reflection. Uh, uh, maybe this is like a lazy analysis. You're in a locker room, so you would know better. But when we get on here, we talk about uh, you know teams that in the last three weeks, like the Giants, halftime you're down 26 nothing. You're down 20 nothing the next week, and then 17-6 the following week at halftime. We usually say that's a reflection of the coach not having his team ready to play out the gate. Is that fair, or is that or or is that unfair? I think that's an unfair assumption. I do. I really believe it's an unfair assumption because. Is you don't practice for half football. You don't practice. Okay, we're gonna do this in the first half, and then we're gonna do this in the second half. That's not what you do. You go out, then you take a quarter at a time. You know, you take a quarter at a time. No, no coach is worried about the third quarter when the first quarter is is, is in your face. Nobody's worried about that. So it's it's just I just think it's more the team starting slow. I don't think it has anything to do with the coaches. All right, well we'll see. Giant fans want to hear from you tomorrow. That is a critical game. Could be playing for your season. I'm watching, uh, what is this? NFL Network? Taylor Swift, they're showing her. Oh, this is CBS's uh, pregame show. Taylor Swift, man. A lot of uh, chatter about her and Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Is it oversaturation? Is is this something that you're actually looking forward to tonight? Because she's going to be in MetLife. They're going to show her. It's been a hot topic. I'm getting sick of it, to keep it a buck. I think it's more political than anybody because she got these tours coming up and the NFL's trying to get on board with it. I do believe her and Travis Kelsey actually do have something going on. Um, I, I do believe that, but I just think all the media coverage that we're getting, you know, about Taylor Swift when it comes to NFL games and Sundays and the Chiefs and being in all these places, these are places she's, she has to go. These are places that that, that, that she has that, that her tour is, is, is either – you know, on the is on the way to. So I, I just think it's more marketing for her. It's good marketing for her, and it's also at some point she's going to perform no a Super person. Bowl. She's yeah, going to no perform football. a Super Bowl, Super Bowl halftime. That that's going to happen. I think it's coming. Absolutely, that I announcement is coming at, at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah, I'm not think it's going to be this 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 Super Bowl. No, Usher. They announced Usher is going to be performing the Super Bowl. Oh, they got Usher. Yeah, oh, yeah, they got that crazy commercial I saw. Yeah, yeah. so he's, he's got the Confessions video. They had yeah. Kim K do it. They had Dion do it. They had Usher do it to himself. They should have got you in the video. What's up with that, Apple Music? Oh, man, I'm not big enough, man. I'm not big enough for these Physically? For things. No, not physically, because it's physically. I'll, I'll be the, world biggest, the world's biggest superstar. By the <laughs> way, I, I saw you on the gram working mm-hmm. out. You got to let me know when you're in New York City, man. You got to go to the gym together. I'm trying to get and hit the hit the weights with you. You think you can keep up? It's not about keep up weight wise. No, 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 no. No, see, people get it twisted all the time. I always, when people come to work out, and they see, man, y'all doing all that weight. Y'all don't know if I can do that weight. But it's not I'm about not the gonna, weight. I'm not gonna ask you to do what I'm doing. I could keep up, then. Yeah, I could keep yeah. up for for an entire workout, like intensity reps. I can do that. Well, rapid fire is big time when you're working out now. The heart rate staying up above a certain, you know, your heart rate staying up, you know, at a certain pace when you're working out is big. We barely ever rest. We superset everything. I'm with so that. You get, okay. 
All right, so so so, so we could do it. Then. I got the pre workout ready. You know, I take that thirty okay. minutes before. Sometimes it'll cleanse my stomach out. You know how that do. But I, I'll be ready. So let me know when you're in New York City. I'm about yes, to. Sir. We'll get back to your phone calls when we return. Talking Jets Chiefs, talking Giants Seahawks. Got a big Dolphins-Bills game today. That's juicy. Uh, On the slate, Ravens-Browns should be fun. Commanders-Eagles. So still a whole lot to do before we get to the end of the show. Enter out, picking against the spread. Jags just corralled a victory out in London. They beat the Falcons 23-7. So maybe we'll recap that. Whole lot to do. Going until 2 o'clock with Brandon Jacobs. Ty Butler right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. There we go. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going until 2 o'clock. 800-919-3776. Get us on Twitter. Get at us on Twitter. At Ty D. Butler. Brandon Jacobs 27. We're on the gram as well. Let's go to Manny and Flushing who wants to chime in on the Jets. What's up, Manny? What's up, man? What's up, Ty? What's up, Brandon? How y'all doing? What's up, Manny? Good, 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 man. man. Listen, um, I'm good, my man, my brother. How are you doing? Listen, um, listen. I want to give a shout-out to you, Brandon. You know, welcome to the ESPN New York family. And also, shout-out to you as a Giants fan. Uh, which I believe you, appreciate what you did wearing that still Super Bowl. Appreciate it. Thank you, um, man. Anytime, but listen, um, Ty, I want to ask you this. You're a Jets fan. Um, who is more in the hot seat, Robert Sala or Joe Douglas? I, I would say it has to be Joe Douglas because he, because he put this team together, and he's had a lot of yeah. misses in the draft and in free agency. But, uh, Manny, if, if, he, if you fire the GM, there's no chance you're keeping the head coach. Right. Exactly. I mean, so, this is like his fifth year. Yeah, this is like his fifth year as a GM. He hasn't really done anything good. I mean, he's never had a winning season, if I'm not mistaken. No, he hasn't. They haven't had a winning season since 2015. I appreciate the call, Manny. But Brandon, this is a, so the, like, it's weird, but I think Joe is on the hotter seat, but they're a package deal. Like, you, you're not going to fire the GM and keep the head coach here who, who picked him, who was picked by well, that GM. I mean, yeah, because you because you can fire the GM and get another GM in, and some reason he don't like Asala, and he wants to get a new guy in. Exactly, anyway, so. he wants to bring his own guy in. Yeah, so I mean, there's a high percentage chance that one go, both goes. If Joe go, both goes. Yeah, I mean, and speaking of of Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and the whole organization, did you get a chance to hear Joe Namath lighting him up this week on the on no, the I did show? not. I did not. I got to go listen. <laughs> I, I, you don't have to go listen. I'll play it for you because I want to get your reaction to this and I want to set it up. So Joe Namath, we all know, is still all these years later, the face of the Jets franchise, the organization. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when the whole Aaron Rodgers trade went down, it was a question, you know, is he going to wear number 12? Like, you know, it's that whole thing. Joe Namath is is very important to this organization, to the fans, to players. So here is what he had to say on the Michael K show. You know, were there any positives to take away from the Jets this past Sunday? You know what? No, I didn't take anything positive out of it yesterday. It was awful. Why? Why were yeah. you watching? I mean, please, when did you ever see a, a well, whether well, it's Zach, we'll stay on Zach. You sit down, you sit down on the play, you go right down. What happens? I thought you're trying to win and make plays. 
you quit on a play? Mm. What is going on? It, it, it's disgusting. So he was very critical of Zach Wilson, but here to me was the, the detonator. He said the Jets need to make major changes. Aaron, he got hurt. Okay, well, what do you think you have backups there for? They're ready to go. They're supposed to be ready to go. We're looking at an offense that just doesn't play well. You've got an offensive coordinator that doesn't seem to be calling the right plays. I just think it, for a fan, for this fan, they need to make major changes from top to bottom. Change. Does that include the head coach? Yes. Do you think he's part of the problem with Zach? When he's telling me that locker room's together, when he's telling me these guys love one another, yeah, well, thanks a lot. You can go back to whatever place you learn that stuff, but they're losing. Guys don't like to lose. They're not holding hands when they're losing. Your thoughts, Brandon? Hey, man, one thing you can always guarantee from from these old head football players, (laughs) they're stuck back in their day, right, when stuff was done, when stuff didn't happen, people done stuff about it. You know what I mean? You know, they massage things and and try to put makeup on an ugly girl today. Like, that's what they do, and that's what Joe means. Like, when it doesn't work, make changes. You have to do that. And these guys come from that old era of football, man, super old era of football, where they did things about it when they didn't win. When the problem arises, they've, they've solved it. And that's not what happened with the Jets. And he's really uh, boisterous about it, and he's really frustrated, and sounds like he's really tired of seeing it. So, <laughs> is this is this something? Because there, there were some people who were critical of Joe Namath and saying, like, you, you know, you're supposed to be like the face of this franchise, and not that you work with the team, but you know, it's not it's not the best thing to have this guy of that status with that cachet come out and rip the entire organization. Uh, You think that was a bad idea of him to do that? Or look, he's Joe Namath. He has every right to say what he wants to say. No, he's a fan of the game. And if if these other fans can call in and rip the organization, why why can he? Why can he? He has a right. He has a, a right He's a taxpaying citizen like everybody else. I think he has a right to, 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 to put his opinion out there. There's nothing wrong with that. And how, how about this from uh, Willie Gay, the Chiefs linebacker? <laughs> he was asked, you know, what do you see from Zach Wilson and the Jets' offense? The team that want to run the ball. Of course, man, you know, not, not, that wasn't, you know, to be funny or anything, right. but A-Rod got hurt and they turned into a team where, like, in panic mode almost. That's what I see, at least. And um, they got great running backs, so now they're just trying to pound it, pound and ground. But uh, I feel like the running back's been rolling. So, uh, like I say, three great ones. So, that's, I feel like that's their game. Brandon, if you're in that offensive room tonight and you hear the opposing teams, one of the linebackers on the opposing team says, they look like an offense that wants to run the ball. And I, and I get it's weird asking you that because you're a running back. But how should the quarterback feel about that? The quarterback got bigger fish to fry. He got bigger things to worry about. I don't think he should worry about nothing. You know, nothing that's coming out of Kansas City locker room. He needs to worry about the stuff that's coming out of the bathroom when he's standing in the mirror looking <laughs> at himself. That's what I think he has to worry about. I don't think that was anything bad because that's the strong point of the Jets football team now. They running game. They have been. They, they ran the ball well. That's the strong point. So let's, you know, so he's only seeing what he see on film and what he hear people, you know, what he hear us talking about with all during the week with Zach Wilson not being the guy. The Jets aren't going to put Zach, you know, the ball in the, you know, the game is Zach Wilson's hands. They're going to get the ball out of his hands. They're going to throw screens. They're going to do quick game because the line is getting beat and the guy, the poor guy don't have any time. He's seeing goals. Like, yeah, they see that too. But wouldn't it have been harder for you, Brandon, to be 
effective to be successful, you know, behind uh, a quarterback who is this ineffective because a team is not scared of getting beat through, you know, through the air. So they're just going to load the box and know that Zach Wilson, he's not just going, he's not just a guy that can't be effective in a passing attack. Like, he's not showing any running ability. He's uh, he's right. nervous. He's overwhelmed. So what, doesn't that make it harder for Brees and Dalvin Cook? Absolutely, because now you can play man outside, bring that extra safety down in the box and have eight men in the box, and, and, and they can play the run. I mean, the pass easy because, you know, they're going to get out the quarterback. And even from that look, even from that defensive look, they can bring various pressures from different areas of the field, and be more because I tell you what Spagnola is definitely going to do it I know that for a fact he's going to be sending safeties he's going to be doing all kinds of different crazy things up front to confuse them and I've seen him do that so you know they better be ready to pick up the blitz against this team and, and, and get ready to protect the quarterback the best way they can to give him some time so he at least can build some confidence hey man that's a lot of people in one box I'm telling you, <laughs> eight hundred nine. It is, it is. But when you got a guy who who can't beat you in the air and they can't pick up pressure, why not play man outside? <laughs> I think why Brandon not? missed what I was trying to do there, but <laughs> we go forward. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We'll play in or out coming up next, right here on ninety eight seventy ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. It's time to decide. Are you in or are you out? Oh, let's do it. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going to 2 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. And this is the time where our producers come in and they offer us some statements and we tell them whether or not we are in or out on said statement. We alternate who goes first. So let's start with the great, the Patrick Mahomes of producers, and that is the great Tom Bauer. Let's go, Tom. All right, gentlemen. So the New York football giants, they're kind of uh, playing so-so right now. But should they win tomorrow against the Seahawks, in or out, they will at least take one of two games against the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills, who they've got coming up on their schedule. Oh, I'm next. in on this. I, I think tomorrow, that's a confidence booster. You win this game with no Andrew Thomas and presumably no Saquon Barkley, and you find a way to, to through the first four weeks, as bad as you felt losing to Dallas and losing to San Francisco and having to come back to beat the Cardinals, you're 500. And, and, and you're right there with two tough games, Miami and Buffalo. But I do think that the confidence booster plus this team getting healthier, them getting more uh, effective and efficient on offense. I mentioned they are the second worst offense in football right now. But with the emergence of Waller, hopefully, and Hyatt being more involved in the offense, you get Saquon and Thomas back. If they win this game tomorrow, I feel much better about them splitting with Miami and Buffalo. I am in on that as well. I say that because of the confidence booster. It can be, you know, you're playing on Monday night at home against the Seahawks. You go and you get that win after you've been struggling. Uh, I think it can do something for your confidence going forward. Now, the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins are two of the toughest teams in in the whole NFL. Uh, So it's going to be tough. You know, it's going to be a tough road either way. But I think they they can build enough confidence by beating the Seattle team at home on Monday night to to go forward to take one of the next two. All right. So we just saw the Jaguars win earlier today with with, uh, Lawrence at quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. 
If you look at the AFC South, Trevor Lawrence for Jacksonville, Anthony Richardson for the Colts does not look bad, and CJ Stroud ripped the Jaguars last week for the Texans. The Titans do have Malik Willis in case Ryan Tannehill goes down. Are we in or out on the future of the AFC South being full of young, good QBs? Oh, that's a tough one. Just like it's hard, right? Uh, and I, I guess, Brandon, you're supposed to go first on this. My, my bad. Well, I'm going to say I'm definitely in on, 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 on that division because I say that they got some of the best young quarterbacks out there right now. And I do think that, you know, at, like with time and, you know, in the future, I think they will be among the best quarterbacks throughout the National Football League. So I'm in on that. I think Anthony Richardson, like the, the, the conversation coming into the season with him was that he was a project. And he's shown some signs, obviously dealing with the concussion. Gardner Minshew comes in and, and beats the Ravens last week. Uh, by the way, wouldn't it help if they had Jonathan Taylor? Uh, what are you guys doing in Indianapolis? But, you know, with Anthony Richardson, with uh, Trevor Lawrence, who we know is special, C.J. Stroud uh, continuing to make strides with with a Texans team that's pretty bad, but first-year head coach, first-year quarterback, what can you expect? I'm not sold on Malik Willis. I think Tennessee's going to end up drafting another quarterback. But I'm in on the future of this this division being one of promise just because the emergence of the the three quarterbacks with Indy with Jacksonville with Houston and we'll see what happens with Tennessee because Malik Willis is not going to be the guy so I I would have to say I'm in on that all right sticking in the AFC but going to the AFC East with a win today the Dolphins would improve to four and oh on the season in or out with that win the Dolphins would run away with the AFC East crown, not keep it close with anybody. Clearly, they will run away with it. In or I'm, out. I'm out on that. It's a huge win, obviously, if they improve to 4-0. And now they are, you know, what, 2-0 in the division. They've beaten the Patriots. They beat them week two. Uh, then they, they beat the, the the Bills today, who I mentioned have, are, have scored 37.5 points a game the last two contests after they played the Jets. Von Miller's coming back. But I'm out on them running away. It's still going to be a closely contested division. I think Buffalo's still going to be good. I've got no faith in New England. But between those two teams, I think they'll keep it close. And we'll get you know later into the season and see that it's going to take one of these teams punching the other one out later in the year as opposed to either of them blowing them away. And I think they meet Week 18. Yeah, Buffalo, Miami, Week 18. So I, I, I'm out on them running away with this division because I think Week 18 is going to matter for both of these teams. I am in on the Miami Dolphins running away wow. with the with the AFC East. Here's why. Here's why. I want you guys to sit and I want you to look at the New England Patriots and how they're playing. They won't be able to keep up with my. They won't be able to keep up with Miami. We know the Jets won't be able to keep up with Miami, and I think, and I don't think Buffalo's defense is fast enough to keep up with Miami. I don't think there's nobody in the NFL, honestly, could keep up with Miami Dolphins. I do think that the uh, the Miami Dolphins go probably. I think they probably go undefeated. I think they go undefeated in that division. Wow, undefeated. So you've got no questions. I know Tua has been great. He's most likely the leading candidate for MVP right now. But you've got no question marks about a guy who last year missed, what, six games due to concussion? We're just going to write that off? 
just gonna write it off like you donating money to a charity uh, <laughs> a charity event write it off because I, I don't I think those issues are gone if they can continue to protect them and they stay healthy I think they run away with that division easy right. easy wow speaking of running away with the division the Niners play the Cardinals later today at 425 if they do so and obviously we, we I'm sure they'll win they go to four and0. They play Dallas next Sunday night on NBC. Are we in or out on the 49ers? Not only running away with the NFC West, but being the number one seed in all of football. In all of football. That <sighs> means best record in football, best record in the NFC. Oh man. Well, I'm in. I'm in on that. There's no question about it. I'm in on that. Um, I think they'll go undefeated in their in their division easy. I think they will be the number one seed in the NFC uh, with with uh, Philadelphia Eagles is a close second behind them. I'm out on that. I, I still think the team that has won 19 of their last 23 games, the team that was a play away from winning the Super Bowl, the team that has a guy at quarterback who was second in the MVP last year, I still think that team is the one to beat. And the Eagles and the, the Niners will play each other December 3rd. And that 425 game, the Fox game of the week, and that's going to be obviously a huge one with seeding implications. And we'll get a chance to see uh, the two teams that were in the uh, NFC Championship game last year. I understand a lot of Niners fans are going to say Purdy doesn't get hurt. Maybe they win that game. Fact of the matter is last time we saw y'all play each other, the Eagles won and wiped them out. So I'm out on the Niners being the one seed because I still think Philly's the best team in the NFC. All right. One of the other games on the slate today is Broncos-Bears. Not one you probably want to watch, obviously, but this is being dubbed the Caleb Williams Bowl because supposedly, from what fans are saying on social media, that the loser of this game, the Broncos-Bears, may draft Caleb Williams. So I'll pose it to you guys, in or out. The loser of Broncos-Bears will wind up drafting Caleb Williams. I'm in on this because I think that the Broncos are going to win this game, and I think the loser will be Chicago, who will end up with the worst record in football. And we've seen the disaster that is the Chicago Bears play all over the last, you know, two weeks or so, where their DC Allen Williams resigned. He got his house raided. The facility may or may not have gotten raided. We did know that the facility got robbed and. You know, this is Justin Fields is throwing his coaches under the bus and then having to walk it back. So it's a mess there with uh, Matt Eberflus and that Bears organization. So I think they're going to end up with the number one overall pick. I also saw a story today that Chase uh, Claypool, he's inactive. Remember, they traded a first-round pick to Pittsburgh to get him to help Justin Fields. So it's messy. It's a disaster. It's chaos. They're going to lose today. They're going to have the worst record in football, and they're going to draft Caleb Williams. And unfortunately for Caleb Williams, he's going to report to the worst organization, arguably, in the NFL right now. I'm in on that as well. Um, but we'll be talking about the same thing in another three years with Caleb Williams in the situation. <laughs> Chicago Bears just doesn't seem like they they know how to build a football team. Chicago has not been good since Lovey Smith was there. That's the last time they've been competitive. You know, so I think they've been cursed ever since him. But I, I do think that they're going to continually be in the same situation, getting these quarterbacks, these decent quarterbacks to come in there and not get them anybody to really play with. So I'm in on that. All right, let's uh, meet you with a local one here. There's not much context you really need for this, so I'll just go, I'll just put it like this: Chiefs tonight, 
Broncos, Eagles before the bye, then Giants, Chargers, and Raiders. By the end of the season, or before the end of the season, rather, will either one of Robert Sala or Joe Douglas be fired? Are we in or out? Oh, I'm out on that. I, I think that when you are committed to Aaron Rodgers, what they hope is long-term, he is going to be involved in all of the decision-making. And that was especially magnified by the fact that he forfeited, what, $35 million of, of his salary and gave it back to the team so they could, you know, utilize that uh, to help, you know, put together a, a, a championship caliber team around him. And I think because of the power and the leadership and the authority he has within this organization, they would not make this sudden change where in season you're firing the general manager or firing the head coach. Whether it's warranted or not, Rodgers has a ton of, uh, you know, a ton of pull within this organization. So I think that any move that's, that's made drastically would have to wait until the offseason. So I'm out on any of those guys being canned. Yeah, I got to agree with Ty here because, you know, their bread and butter coming in four plays into the season. You know, they're putting the, uh, the game, you know, they're putting the whole season on Aaron Rodgers' back. They didn't have a true real opportunity to really see how that go, you know, how that thing was put together. So I think they give, they definitely give the coaching staff and the GM another year to see how that would go. Like, you know, because they got a lot riding on Aaron Rodgers. So I'm out on that. Great stuff, uh, Tom and Harvey. Appreciate y'all. 800-919-3776. Coming up next, we'll pick six games against the spread. About 20 minutes shy of the kickoff, uh, the 1 o'clock games. As we mentioned, week four already underway. We saw the you know the, the Lions take it to the Packers on Thursday night football. And then this morning out in London, it was the Jags victorious over the Falcons. Trevor Lawrence, 207 yards, a touchdown. We saw B. John Robinson get involved in the action for the Falcons. 14 carries for a buck 05, but they can't overcome the ineptitude they have at quarterback with Desmond Ritter, who once again looked bad 19 of 31, two interceptions on back-to-back passes. They have a problem. A lot of players on offense who are, are talented with their skill position players, but they simply don't have anybody to throw them the football. So they lose this game in London to the uh, to the Jacks, 23 to 7. We'll look at the entirety of the slate. Let's do it next, right here on 9870 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Six games, six picks to the house. Pick six, touchdown! This is the Pick Six. Oh, let's do it. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going until 2 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. We will take six games against the spread. So let's start with one of the juiciest games on the slate. And that is the Bills. At home, hosting the Miami Dolphins. Buffalo 2-1, that lone loss coming in week one to my beloved New York Jets. But all they've done since then is beat the Raiders 38-10, dismantled the Commanders 37-3. Meanwhile, on the other side, you have the Dolphins. Questions at quarterback coming into the year. Could he stay healthy? So far, so good. Miami, high-scoring offense. They're undefeated. They're 3-0. In this game, the spread is Buffalo minus 2.5. I'm going to take the Dolphins plus two and a half in this game. I like them to win the game outright. I understand that uh, Miami's lost seven in a row uh, in Buffalo, but I don't care. Give me the Dolphins plus two and a half. I got to agree with you. 
there's like you know, like I said earlier, way too dominant of a football team, way too I shouldn't say football team, way too dominant of an offense. I got them winning in Buffalo easy. Easy. All right. This game kind of scares me. So you got the Ravens playing the Browns. Uh it looks like Deshaun Watson's gonna play, right? Like is that the is that the uh this, that is that his status, Tom? Deshaun Watson's going to play this game today? He is not oh, playing Oh, he's not today. playing. He's okay. listed as out. Oh, he's listed wow. as out. So, fifth-round pick, quarterback, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson is expected to start against the Ravens. Deshaun's dealing with a, a, a shoulder problem. Uh, you got the Ravens also dealing with a ton of injuries. Uh, Zay Flowers, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. So, they've got uh, a lot of guys. Uh, Marcus Williams. You know, Marlon Humphrey. But I like the Ravens in this game. They lost last week. Embarrassing uh, to lose to the, the, the Colts with their backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew. But I'll take the Ravens in this game, minus one and a half, on the road in Cleveland. This will be a big win for Baltimore. Well, I was so super high on Baltimore Ravens before the season started. Um, they played well. They played well. I, I do think the question mark with injuries that they have if, if 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 they can if they continue to get people hurt will Lamar Jackson try to do too much and end up getting himself hurt like last year without having anybody to play with right going into Cleveland you know uh, their starting quarterback is out you gotta you never know what you, you never know what the quarterback off the bench can do as a backup I'm going with Cleveland here oh you're going with Cleveland all right so we disagree there let's go to New Orleans where there was some questions about whether or not Derek Carr would play uh, but it looks like he's going to give it a go. Uh, they welcome in the Buccaneers fresh off of their Monday night loss. Uh, so they come into town, four and a half point dogs in New Orleans. I like the Bucs here. I know Baker had a rough one on Monday night. Didn't play particularly well in that loss to the Eagles where their, their offense managed just 11 points. And he was turning the ball over. But he's played well, you know, so far this season overall. Four touchdowns, one pick. The Buccaneers' defense has been the strength of this team. So I've got the Bucs covering the four and a half points. I like Tampa Bay plus four and a half in this game. I got to agree there as well. Uh, Tampa Bay has been playing well. They play really good defense. Uh, but they played against the Philadelphia Eagles now. Yeah. Let's not get that twisted. Let's not get that confused. They played against, you know, arguably the one, you know, what, you know, one of the best teams in the NFC out of them in the 49ers. So they did play against a monster defense. They couldn't, they couldn't protect the passer. Uh, they couldn't really run the ball as, as good. But I do think that they have it in them uh, to be great. You know, you've seen everything Baker Mayfield did the first couple of weeks of the season, and coming into a New Orleans Saints team that still doesn't look like they really have it together. I gotta go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here too. So this game scares me. It's a sexy one. It's the division rival, uh, you know, teams that you are all too familiar with. It's the Washington Commanders in Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Uh, Philadelphia, as we just said, coming off of that win on, on Monday night. So just a shortened week for them. They're 3-0, looking to improve to 4-0 against a Washington team that just last week was embarrassed by Buffalo. Sam Howell threw four interceptions. It was ugly. But the Commanders did beat the Eagles last year. I mentioned Philadelphia's won 19 of their last 23. Uh, of the four losses, one came to Washington. I don't love the number being this high, 8.5 points. 
But I'm rolling with Philly. I made the case that they're still the best team in the NFC. So I'm going to roll with them to win this game by two scores. And they'll beat the Commanders by at least, at least nine points in this game. I got to agree with you there. Um, Philadelphia Eagles just they way too strong. Their defense is, is really good. Their offense, they got, you know, and Jalen still isn't playing as, 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 as well as he's played last year when he's up for the MVP, right? So he's going to come into his own at some point. Uh, I don't think Washington have enough on defense to even slow them down. And they definitely don't have enough on offense to even to, to even come come close to being productive. I'm going, I'm going Philadelphia by 14. Wow. Big, big number there. All right, let's go to Dallas. I know we're going to disagree on this game. With who, the Patriots. Whoever they're playing against, whoever they're playing against, I got them by 14. <laughs> they welcome in the <laughs> Patriots, who I saw up close and personal when I was sitting in MetLife Stadium watching them beat my Jets last week. Here's the thing for New England. I would feel better about the Pats winning this game if the Cowboys didn't just lose to Arizona. I thought that that was a product of them taking the Cardinals lightly. It was an emotional week. I mean, you could imagine this, Brandon, losing uh, one of your best defensive players during a practice. There's a little bit of a letdown there. Maybe you're feeling sorry for yourselves. They come out not with the energy that they should have, with the intensity, with the urgency, and it bit them. Uh, Arizona ran all over them. Cowboys last uh, last week, red zone offense was a failure. Dak throws the critical pick, but they were kicking field goals all game, and they were not going to win the game that way. Meanwhile, New England, they're offensively challenged. Uh, Mac Jones, he just ain't it. They don't have a ton of weapons, and I saw a report Ezekiel Elliott is going to be utilized more in this game. Obviously, there's some familiarity, uh, familiarity with their opponent, but I think the Cowboys win this game. Uh, the spread is six. I like Dallas minus six. They're not losing back-to-back games uh, to the Cardinals and to the Patriots. And once again, I'd feel better about the Patriots if Dallas didn't lose last week to Arizona. So I've got Dallas winning this game by at least six points. Well, let's see. The Dallas Cowboys in their defensive line, we know they got a good defensive line. We know that they're going to pin their ears back. They're going to come. They're going to put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I, I don't see the game being close at all especially after losing last week to Arizona, like you said. Uh, Dallas is one of the best teams in the NFC, and, and I can say that. I hate to say it. I, 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 I hate myself <laughs> for saying that right now. Does it make you I'm feel nauseous having yeah, to say it? Yeah, it does. That? It does, but, you know, if, we, if we're doing sports radio, we got to be honest as well. So I got, I got, I got the Cowboys big over the, uh, the Patriots. So I'm struggling here. Do I go Jets-Chiefs because the spread is eight? Do I go Cardinals-Niners? That spread is 14, and that's a big number. Cardinals have actually you know, been covering spreads all year long, but it's the Niners. Extended rest. They haven't played since that Thursday night game last week against the Giants. Or do I go Seahawks-Giants? You know what I'm going to do? Brandon, I'm going to go Seahawks-Giants. Giants home dogs tomorrow against Seattle. A team they're battling for with the wild card because none of these squads are expected to win their respective divisions. So it's a big game. Giants offense, we know. They've struggled. Second worst in the NFL. Their defense has been awful. They're dealing with injuries. Andrew Thomas, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones needs to play better. We're questioning the coaching staff. Why are they coming out uh, of the game losing, you know, 26-0, 20-0, 17-6 in these first halves? Why are they struggling so much? I think they corrected tomorrow. I think the defense will be better. I think Daniel Jones is going to get Waller and Hyatt and all these guys involved in their offense, and they're going to put up points against a D, uh, Seahawks defense that allows a ton of them. 
So I've got the Giants plus one and a half tomorrow night, Monday Night Football. Giants have went out to Arizona. We had to come from behind to win a football game. We went out to San Francisco. Didn't play that well. The last time they were at home, they got beat 40-0. to I don't think two games at home, in the road, prime time, the Giants can lose. I got to go with the New York Giants by six. There we go, baby. And there are your picks against the spread. Pick six, Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs. One more hour to play with as we lead you into coverage later on. You got Jake Asman coming up next from 2 to 6. He's going to lead you into the pregame show, Dan Grasa, Greg Buttle, Jets, Chiefs, Sunday Night Football. You got Giants, Seahawks, Monday Night Football. So still a whole lot to cover in the final hour of this show. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs going until 2 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN.